I want us to share briefly today before we just go into the mood of thanksgiving to God because of the many things he has done for us. As you can see, we are witness to these testimonies. These are not people who have come far from us. They are people who have lived among us. We have seen what God has taken them through. We have seen the hand of God in their lives. We have seen the victory of God in their lives. This God is still in our midst. He's able to uphold us. He's able to carry us through whatever situation we are experiencing. The same God that has stood with these brethren is able to stand with us. This is a clear testimony that God loves this church. God loves us as a congregation. And God is listening to the prayers that we are offering to him. So I want to invite you this evening just to reflect over a few things in regard to what God can do in our lives. We will share concerning some, uh, some, some aspects of the Bible that we are very familiar with. I want us to share on the subject of being ready for victory, readying yourself for victory, preparing yourself to be victorious in your Christian life. The four things, five areas probably I will touch are victory is guaranteed. Victory is guaranteed. That's the first thing. The second thing I will probably share about is preparation time for victory. Preparation time for victory. And then the third thing I may touch is the assurance of victory. The assurance of victory or marching on to victory either way. And four, no, taking note of memorials along the way taking note of memorials along the way. And the last one will be handling victory. It's easy to talk about victory, but when it comes our way, how do we handle it? So we'll start by the guaranteed victory. I want us to look at uh, a book of Exodus. Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. If we may start from, from 6. From verse 6, we can start. It says, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 7 And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Verse 8, and I want us to take note of that. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, and a large, and unto a land flowing with milk, honey, and to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites 
and the pericytes and the havites and the Jebusites. These are the words of the Almighty God. I like the way he introduces himself. First, he wants to clear any doubt in the mind of Moses. That Moses is not dreaming. Moses is not suffering from hallucinations, but is actually in the presence of the mighty God. So God introduces himself. I am the God of thy father. And he goes to list the God of Abraham. Now Moses, if you are doubting, I'm also the God of Isaac. And if that is not enough, Moses, I am also the God of Jacob. At that point, Moses realized the God they have been trusting in has visited him. God is actually pronouncing in the life of Moses at that time, I am about to do something in your life. I'm about to turn circumstances that you are in around. But I want you to know it is not an accident. It is something that I have purposed. And then he goes further to tell him the reason why he has visited. It is because he has heard the cry of his people. He has heard the cry of the children of Israel by reason of their taskmasters, by reason of the oppressive nature of the Egyptians. In our midst, if all of us were to stand on the pulpit and begin to narrate the negative things they are going through in life, there will be no hope. Everybody will vanish in the church because people will realize probably people are going through a lot of struggles. But I want to thank God because in our midst, he's speaking to individuals and reassuring us it is I, the Lord, that has come. I have heard the situation in which you are going through. And I have decided that I am coming to turn it around. I'm coming to liberate you from it. What a good word to hear when you are having problems from the almighty God. This is the guarantee that God gives us that it is going to happen. If we read down there, because Moses was not very sure. I don't know for how long, of course, the children of Israel had been there for about 400 years. And most of those years, they were suffering. They were in, in enslavement. They were being oppressed. And Moses was born in such a time when the oppression was so serious. Some of them were being put to death. So he was acquainted with suffering. He knew what it meant, and he knew what hope there was in being set free. Though he grew up in Pharaoh's house, he was not oblivious. He was not uh, unaware of the suffering of their children of Israel. He was so much aware of it. And that's the reason why he's in the desert, because he tried to come and sort out the issues on his own, but it could not work. So out of embarrassment, out of shame, out of failure, out of a bad name he had acquired, he ended up going to hide himself in the desert. 
Now, I want us to see the situation in which Moses is. He's looking at himself as a failure. Somebody is unworthy. Somebody cannot make it. But in that desert, God realizes this is the tool I want to use. I don't know where you are right now in your life. I don't know what you're experiencing. But I want to guarantee you, in the same way God appeared to Moses and assured him, I have come to set my people free. God is speaking to each one of us. Kenneth, I have come to deliver you from what you are going through. I have come to deliver you from your experiences. You might be going through difficult moments. People don't know. They see a smile on your face and they think this man is great. He's feeling okay. They might see you oiling yourself and looking smart at the place of work, singing and whistling, but they don't know what experiences you're going through. Maybe when people saw the fellow shepherd saw Moses looking after the sheep, they said, this man is very fortunate. He's looking after the sheep of a rich man in this land. So he's, he's blessed. But they didn't know the agony that Moses was going through. What troubled Moses is not where to sleep. What troubled Moses is not what he's going to eat. What troubled Moses at that time is how the children of Israel will be liberated. So it is not enough for me to look at you and think it's okay. Maybe what you are experiencing is far much beyond what I can see on the face. But I want to say the Lord is faithful. He guarantees victory. He is coming in a measure and in a way that you will never, never, never understand. In the fullness of his power, he will come and deliver us from these oppressive powers. Praise the Lord. So I want us to know the almighty God, the king of kings, the one who spoke his word and it turned into what we see. He's speaking to us now, Kenneth, your situation will no more continue to be this way. I am going to deliver you. I am going to change your destiny. It doesn't matter what you've been feeling. It doesn't matter what you're experiencing. It is I, the Lord, the creator of the universe speaking to you. That is the message that God was declaring to Moses at that time. Because every Jew knew the God that Abraham spoke to, the God that Isaac worshiped, the God that Jacob worshiped is the God that created the universe. So that is why he was reaffirming that to Moses, that never have any doubt. It is I that created the universe that has come to deliver. The same power with which I declared the sun to be in existence, the same power with which I declared the waters to be separated from dry land, the same power with which I declared the things that are not to be what they are, that's the same power I'm going to declare in your situation to be free from it. Father, we thank you. You are a great God. Thank you for the assurance of the victory that you're bringing in our lives. I want to thank you for that brother that has been agonizing, oh Lord. I want to thank you for that sister that has been wondering where the next meal is going to come from. I want to thank you, Jehovah God, for that person who is worried about the house rent. I want to thank you for that person who does not know what, it, what it, he is going to do to change the circumstances around his job. 
Father, because you declared on that day, let there be, and it came into existence. Father, we take the same authority in your name and declare, let things change in the lives of these individuals. Thank you, Jesus, because you hear us. In Jesus' name we pray. I want us to look at preparing for that victory. God has guaranteed you, but does the victory just fall immediately pop into your life? No, sometimes it takes a longer period than you ever anticipated. And it will take your focus on the things of God to get hold of your victory. Moses from this time on begins to realize this is not a joke. God is serious about this. Then the devil begins to whisper to Moses. He's pointing out at the personal weaknesses of Moses. He's limiting Moses to the physical things that Moses is used to. Remember, this is the God who declared and what was not came into existence. What is impossible for God to turn around? The same God who created us, does, is, doesn't he have the power to turn our tongue, to loosen our tongue so that we have got good speech? But Moses is lecturing God and telling him, you know, I know you are God, but I know my limitations. Stop limiting yourself. Stop comparing yourself to yourself. God is more than yourself. He's able to do more than you can think. He's able to do greater than what you can pray for. The Bible says he can do abundantly above that which we pray for, that which you imagine. Now, sometimes when I look at that verse, I say, let me start imagining because God will do above that. Let me imagine what God is going to do. And in the, in, I get lost in my imagination. I try to stretch myself and I see myself going very far. But the Bible is telling me, Kenneth, listen, this limitation where you have reached, God can do beyond that. I want us to have that mindset that the victory we are waiting for requires a mindset that is prepared to receive extraordinary things from God. Not just the ordinary, but extraordinary things from God. So God takes him through those complaints. He's not even listening to him, but he's telling him what he wants to happen. Go, Aaron is going to speak. Go, I'm going to give you favor before. In fact, just listen. In chapter 7, because God is tired with Moses complaining around, if you look at verse chapter 6, verse 30, you begin to see what Moses, the trouble with Moses. He thinks God doesn't know that he doesn't know how to speak well. He thinks that God does not understand him well. Listen to what he tells God. And Moses said before the Lord, behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? Now, how do you teach the person who created you the way you look like, the way you can speak? He knows you very well. And so now, verse 1, chapter 7, God is becoming upset with this man. And the Lord said unto Moses, see, you know, when, when somebody says, Lee, look here, it means now he wants you to pay attention. See, he tells him like that, see. I have made thee a God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, thy brother, shall be thy prophet. 
God is turning, is trying to transform this man to prepare him for what is ahead. That you know you are limiting yourself. So one of the problems that we have as children of God is that we do not prepare ourselves for the victory that is about to come. We do not hold ourselves ready for what God is set in store for us. Instead, we begin to look around at the things that can stop that blessing being realized in our lives. I'm not saying everybody, but at least I can confirm on my part, I have fallen a victim. Many times I'm trusting God for something, but along the way I begin to, but how will this happen? I become like Mary. Mary was told, you are going to conceive a child. And said, but how can this happen? And the Lord is saying, by the Holy Ghost, it is going to happen. Praise the Lord. Brother Johnson was wondering, how can I pray for more than these two minutes? Whenever I stand before, my prayer gets exhausted and I'm just watching other people pray. And God said, by the Holy Ghost, not by power but by the spirit of God. And he said, he prayed for 30 minutes. He prayed for 45 minutes. He prayed. I don't know whether he continued for the whole day, but he continued. Today, a man of God stands there. He knows God has transformed him. What is impossible with God in your life? What is impossible with the almighty God in our situation? The problem is, are we prepared for what God is about to do in our lives? Have we set ourselves apart so that God can do something in our lives? I want us to move quickly to chapter 12. There are many things we can read from chapter 12 of Exodus, but I will point out a few things that can buttress this point of being prepared for the time of victory. Chapter 12, verse 5, your lamp shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Verse 6, and ye shall keep it up until 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take off the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. Why all these instructions? Why all these instructions? God is methodical in the way he does his things. The things that God is going to address in your life in the entire period from the time you get the assurance in your heart, God is going to do something in your life up to the time you begin to realize that in the entire period, God is going to give you certain instructions to follow. It is important that you pay attention to those instructions and never deviate from them because deviating from them is either delaying or missing out on God's blessing in your life. You are either delaying or missing out completely on God's purpose in your life. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the book of Joshua. Joshua. 
as we just wrap up that point, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. If you are fortunate to be sitting close to somebody, tell them tomorrow. Speak to them tomorrow. I want to hear from here. Tomorrow. 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 Praise the Lord. God is setting an appointment with these people. He's setting an appointment with them. He's not just telling them, I'm going to do something wonder wonderful in your life. No. He's setting an appointment. So God is a God of appointments. You need to set an appointment with God. Settle for an appointment with him when you are targeting something to happen. Not that you are forcing him, but it drives you towards it. There is that power drawing you closer to that blessing because it, there is a focus in your mind. That is what God is telling these people. Prepare. Joshua is telling, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. They must remain focused. And that is the time you're waiting. You're preparing yourself for the victory of the Lord. You begin to sanctify yourself. Bring yourself in line with the purpose of God in your life. The closer you move close to God, the more he reveals the things he wants you to shed off from your life so that they do not become a hindrance towards you realizing your victory. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray concerning the issue of waiting for our miracle. I pray concerning my brethren, O oh Lord. Father, anybody who has been trusting you for something in their lives, I pray this very evening, Jehovah Lord, begin to shine in their lives. Open wide the understanding that my father, it is important for us to begin to lay our lives as an offering at your feet. That the blood of Jesus Christ will sanctify us through and through. Purify us, oh my father, in readiness for your visitation, O oh Lord. It is good to have you abound, abode in our lives, O oh Lord. You have said, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If any man opens his door, I shall come in and dine with him. Father, we welcome you to our lives. We welcome you to our lives. Come and purify us. Come and sanctify each one of us. Sanctify us from every filthiness in our lives, Lord that we may be ready to receive of thee. In Jesus' name I pray. Last evening I was sharing with the family and I was telling them, you know what? Something just came as I was sharing and I remembered. The children of Israel took blood. They put it on the door lintel so that it was a protection to them. It was a protection against the enemy, the, the angel of death. So they were safeguarded inside. They were safe. Now, 
Jesus said he's standing at the door of our heart and knocking. If we welcome him in, the blood that is shed on Calvary will be inside us, purifying us from within, making us ready from within to be, to receive that which he wants us to have. I know you're asking, but I'm already born again. For me, I need that blood even more. I need it in my life more and more just to cover me. As we drink of that cup, I say, Lord, let your blood come and cleanse me from the inside. Every part, as we partake of that blood on the day, every first of the uh, week of the month, unfortunately, Corona has locked us out. But one of these days we are going to drink, not too much of it, but we are going to celebrate again. Praise the Lord. Let that blood come and cleanse us. So every day I urge you, my brother and my sister, let us be of this mindset to purify ourselves over and over as we ready ourselves to receive of God. He is interested in blessing us, but he wants to find a clean house in us a house that is ready. When he puts his blessing in it, it is not defiled. It is a blessing that is going to be inside a holy temple. We want our lives to be a tabernacle for God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The third point I wanted to share about is the uh, uh, matching in the assurance of the victory. Matching in the assurance of the victory. We will draw that again from the book of Joshua. We draw that from the book of Joshua. Now, what assurance did the children of Israel have of the victory that was forthcoming? What assurance did they have? These guys had already sent two spies. They had already sent two spies in the city of Jericho. Those people had surveyed the place. They had seen the city. They had escaped and come back and given a report. And the report they gave was so good. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 23. Joshua chapter 2, verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. They do faint because of us. So God had already confirmed to these people, I'm taking you to this land, all those enemies before you are already falling on their knees. They cannot stand because they're afraid of you. They're afraid of you. So this is something so good. You know, the best victory, the easiest victory is when your enemy is scared of you. Because what he does is just waiting for the time you'll strike. He knows he's going to lose, but he doesn't know when. All he's doing is waiting for the time to happen. 
That takes me back to some boxers sometimes when this man who was called Michael, uh, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson. Some of them, I don't know whether they were going to fight him because they just wanted money to appearance money or what? Because I remember one of them who fell, he was knocked down in one and 90 seconds. He was already down, flat. Whether the blow really reached him or he just saw Mike Tyson coming and then he said, let me fall down and let this game be over because I am not going to stand, I don't know. But 90 seconds and you've been training for months for a, a fight? I think maybe he just wanted the money, but that's a story for another day. But what I want us to learn from there is that Mike Tyson will talk tough even before the war. He said that when I'm going to knock him, in the, the first punch land on him is going to knock him down. You see, that would finish you already because you are waiting when that punch comes, and then I'm down. So even before it lands, when you see it coming, you land down, you say, it's over. I am telling you, God, our God is such that he wants us to understand the victory is already on our side. We are going into the battlefront, not to fight, but to take over the victory. For the war is the Lord. The victory is ours. Ours is to witness the victory. Praise the Lord. If you prepare your mind with that in that form, that I am going to witness the victory that God has given to me, I am not going to battle, then you will find that we are winning more wars than we, we have ever done before. Because we have got the assurance that he who has gone before us is mighty. We have got our God, the Lord that fights on our behalf. The Bible says he teaches our hands to war. Is the mighty man of war. He will fight on our behalf. I want us to know in that, in that assurance that God is indeed going before us. As you read this section of Joshua, you realize they didn't have to fight. All they did was to do, to stretch their legs. Maybe there was COVID in the city, so they were just walking to stretch around the city. They went the first time, second time, third. On the seventh day, they started to walk seven times and blew their horn, their horns. Somebody used to make a reference to this point. Sometimes it was in a light moment, but I want us just to reflect over it. I want us to reflect over it. The Bible says God dwells in the presence of the praises of his people. When these people were blowing the horns, what were they doing? They were praising God. Somebody says, God, God's presence came in their midst. And this preacher used to say, you know, God decided to listen to the music of the Israelites. And unfortunately, he leaned on the wall of Jericho and it broke down. The praises. So we learn one thing. While we are assured of the victory of God, let us be people of praise. Let us devote our time to give thanks to God for what he's about to do. That is the surest way of marching. When the children of Israel were walking around that wall, 
it was not because they were ready to fight. They were just following instructions, go around. They were not told, go around, and if they attack, you fight. No, they were told, go around. And they went in that assurance, we are going around this wall. I want to welcome and invite each one of us to be men who can walk in faith that God has guaranteed us this victory. He has given us the assurance in the situation that we are going through, in the situation our families are going through, in the situation our cell members are going through, in the situation our children, everybody that we are concerned, our workmates are going through. We have the assurance God is able to take us through this situation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this evening. We join together in faith, O King of glory. On behalf of the many that are facing situations, Jehovah God, Father, you have said you can do exceedingly abundantly above that which we pray for, that which we ask, that which we imagine, and Lord Almighty, right now, we lay everything at your feet. We are praying, King of glory, cause us to enjoy this victory, to walk in this assurance that you are doing something in our lives. Jehovah God, those situations that have bogged us down, those situations that have demoralized us, those situations that are causing us to have sleepless nights, Jehovah God, tonight, restore our sleep. Restore our sleep. Restore our sleep. Jehovah, you are in the throne. We wait upon thee, O God. Your assurance is all that we are standing upon. That God, whoever trusts in you, shall never be put to shame. And that is what we are doing, Jehovah God. We are laying everything at your feet right now. Those who are facing trouble in their place of work, Lord, we lay their situation under your feet, oh God. We lay their situation under your feet, oh God. Those who are facing situations, King of glory, jobs are threatened. Lord, we pray your hand shall be there, shall strengthen them, shall cause them to focus unto you, oh God. Father, we thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, we pray. The fourth point that I will mention uh, quickly is let us take note of the memorials along the way. There are things that God is going to do in our midst as we walk along, and those things are issues to remember God for. The children of Israel, when they were coming from Egypt, God did some things when they crossed the Red Sea, that became a point in their life, a point of reference. If any of them prayed, he reminded God, you took us through the sea, you cannot abandon us in the desert. And God Almighty was there. When you remind God of the many victories he has had with you in life, you begin to stir his spirit because he's a man, he's, he's a person who likes victory. He, he cherishes, he, he loves victory in, in the way he works with us. Now, I want us to not take note of something here. Uh, and Joshua spoke to this priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant. That's verse six of chapter three. Take up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto, unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
God is assuring Joshua that this victory will be, will be sure. I'm going to be with you and I'll see that you come to experience it. Another thing that we take note of is down there in verse 12. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of, of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above and they shall stand upon the heap. I'll not go further. The water that was an obstacle to the children of Israel did not part before they stepped into it. Are you getting me? The priest had to put the foot first into the water. Then the water parted. The water did not run away. Oh, the priest is coming, so let us part. No. So what am I saying? It is important for you to go through that situation you are going through. Because now you are putting your foot in the water. That is the only time that trouble will realize the child of God is present here. It is not going to run away because you are coming. But when you put your foot there, it will smell the presence of Christ in you and it will part ways. It is instructive that these people, it is until their foot touched the water that it parted. The water of Jordan was the obstacle. Even when Moses was coming to part the water of the Red Sea, it was possible he would have pointed that stuff on the water and the water would have parted. But it was necessary for the stuff to hit the water and then it parted. I want you to be encouraged the moment you're spending in that, the moment you're spending in that, uh, in that situation, it's not wasted. It's not wasted at all. It is a moment that causes the enemy to know who you truly are. Praise the Lord. Finally, I want us, I want us to look quickly in verse chapter six, chapter six of Joshua. Uh, I, will, I will love you to read at your own time through the whole chapter and then see what we are talking about. Uh, if I read some things from verse eight, and it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew the trumpets and the rare word came and after the ark, the priest going on and blowing the trumpets. So they're praising God as they go along. Then we reach a point where they have overcome the city. It's done. It's destroyed. Verse 18. And ye in, my, in any wise 
Keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble. Starting from verse 18, it will be of interest. It will reinforce the point that I'm going to talk about. How do we handle victory? We have been guaranteed victory. We are prepared for victory. We are working in assurance of victory. We have laid some things, the stones, the 12 stones. We have seen God take us from one step to another towards the victory. And he has told us these stones, put them here. This healing that you have received, remember it. This deliverance that God has taken you through, remember it. It will be a memorial to you and to your children. You will remember it every time and say, on this day, God, I prayed and God healed me. On this day, I did this and God did this for me. Those are the things that will reinforce you and prepare you for the victory that is coming. But now you have reached a point where God has already destroyed the enemy and subdued the enemy. Now you are to handle the situation of the victory. And that's where the trouble comes in. We begin to see Joshua instruct them. When you have had the victory, be careful. Be careful. It is easy to work towards victory, but it's very difficult to handle victory. There are many people who pray for a lot of funds. They pray they want God to bless them with a huge salary and all those things. The moment the money comes, they were faithful giving tithe. 500, they would give 50. 1,000, they would give 100. When it reaches 2,000, they start reasoning. Is this all this? I can also give to another church some. Now they have started to man manipulate themselves. By the time it reaches 5,000 and they're supposed to be giving 500, they become so logical and so methodical in the way they're planning for that 500. You are faithful with little, be faithful with more. Handling victory becomes a challenge. And that's why in those verses in chapter six, Joshua is instructing these people on how to handle themselves after they have got the victory of Jericho. The story thereafter informs us, those who did not listen to him paid dearly. I want us to be a people who can appreciate what God has done in our lives and handle it with care and reverence in our hearts. I want us just to pray over a few issues as we come to a close in this victory. You can join hands wherever you are, if you are two or three. Join hands, a prayer of agreement. And as we go before the Lord, I know we have been through eight months, terrible months, but I want to pray that God is going to see his church blossom the children of God grow in faith from one level of glory to another because of this lockdown. Father, we want to remember the health workers, those who have been at the center of the whole battle. We know in our midst we have got our own loved brethren who have been in it. Father, we pray for special favor. Lord, let your hand be upon them. Manifest yourself in their lives. 
Lead them, oh my Father. Comfort them in every way. Lord, you have called them into this ministry to minister to humanity. I pray, Jehovah, protect them. Let your blood cover each one of them, especially they that belong to the household of faith. Let your blood be over them, O oh God. No ill shall befall them. Father, we thank you and we honor your holy name. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. You have kept them and we are grateful. You have kept them until this moment, we are grateful. Father, we give you praise. Lord, we want to thank you again for the education. Many are the people whose children are not assured of the education. They don't know what tomorrow holds for them. Father, we want to thank you that that's still alive. We want to thank you for the education, Lord. You know our today, you know our tomorrow. I pray on behalf of every parent in the bread of life whose children are in school, Father, that you shall take control, you shall take charge. Comfort them, O oh Lord. Give them the assurance of the destiny that you have for their children, O oh God. Father, it is not education that guarantees us our future. It is your presence in our lives, O oh Lord. We invite you in the lives of these children. We invite you in the lives of these families. Hold us together, O oh Lord. Cause us to focus our minds unto thee, the author of our salvation. Father, take us through this moment with faith in you, O oh Lord. We bless you and we honor thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want us to pray concerning job situation. And if you know somebody, just mention their name. You know people who are facing challenges in the place of work. People are being employed on short-term short -term, uh, situation. Something that leaves somebody so unsure of what tomorrow holds for them. But we want to pray that God is going to give them the assurance that those jobs are theirs. Father, we want to thank you for the jobs that people are holding now. We pray, King of glory, for your manifestation in their, in their lives, Lord. Father, those that have waited upon thee, Lord, is a time to show yourself again in their lives. Manifest yourself and your favor upon their lives, Lord. The favor that you have shown to them to be in this land, to be holding on to that job. I pray at this moment, Jehovah God, continue to hold them together. Let them have the assurance and the guarantee of that job tomorrow and the day to come. Father, we want to pray for those whose terms have been reviewed downwards. Lord, we pray, Jehovah God, your visitation. Father, grant them favor. You have done it to many in this short time. People have got better placements. People have got better terms. And God, we know it is you who is working. Father, and today that are still waiting upon thee, you shall move in your own miraculous way, O oh God. Father, touch their lives and give them wisdom to use whatever you have given unto them, O oh Lord, to put it to good use. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you this evening we have been together. We pray that God, you continue to minister to us. Lord, as, as we come to close to this meeting, we want to thank you because you have been with us. Lord, we pray for every person who has attended this meeting today, that Lord, let your presence go with them. Let you minister to them in your own special way. 
Jehovah speak into their lives the word of healing. Speak into their lives the word of deliverance. Speak into their lives the word of healing. Oh Lord, in every aspect, the financial breakthrough, give it to them, oh Lord. Father, I pray for security of their jobs. Lord, in this hour, Jehovah, those that have received termination letters, Father, we pray you are a God that reverses situations. You reversed the death of Lazarus and brought him back to life. You reversed the death of the young man on the pyre when you touched it and he came back to life. The girl was sick. Jehovah rose again because you are a God who reverses situations. Lord, we hand over all these situations into your hands. Visit those people. Visit the employers or God in their quiet times. Speak to them the word that will direct their decision. Father, those that are applying for jobs, I pray this day, God Almighty, let your favor go ahead of them. Spirit of the living God, speak to the recruiter, speak to those that are evaluating the applications, God, that, Lord, it shall be well for those that belong to this household of faith. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Pastor Abraham, please.